Welcome back to I Did This Instead of Killing Myself, everyone. Stand-up comedy Woo. podcast based in uh, Story, New York. It's the week of September 25th, 2023. Um, yeah. Tough day today. Tough to keep this thing going, just to be totally honest. Um, yeah, I'm starting to lose some steam here. So, uh, full disclosure... I could use some encouragement. I might take a couple weeks off from the show. I have uh, a medical procedure that I'm not going to... Uh, something that I got to do. Um, it's whatever. I'll tell you guys about it later. But uh, there may be an episode next week. But after that, there may be a break. Because I am getting fucking burned out. You ever get burned out? You ever just feel like you just want to quit everything? I'm there right now. And... uh Part of like everything I say um, or do with stand up, like I have to like be honest and just to be totally honest, I don't feel like doing fucking shit. I would quit comedy. You know what? Um, New York comedy, not that fun. Okay, it's not. You know, um, it's fine. Mm. Also, I've had to quit vaping because of this uh, fucking surgery. I have to do it's not serious i'm fine but i've been without nicotine for five days and that is not helping so yeah it's fine but i I am feeling like i want to just quit everything like i don't the fact that i almost didn't do this episode today i'm sorry i'm being negative but yeah it's fucking brutal if you're feeling like that it's okay to feel like that Tell me it's okay for me to feel like that because I need to hear that too, okay? I got a couple more episodes recorded that I'm going to record some more or I fucking won't or I'll take a fucking break. Anyway, we do have a good episode today though. I want to stay positive for today because we do have at least one more week together, okay? Tony Chow. Tony is a uh, just... uh, to contrast how negative I just was, Tony is not that. Tony is very positive. He's a touring comedian from Beijing, China, co-host of an award-winning Chinese late-night show and comedy club owner. Owns a club in Beijing. Um, he's made appearances on CNN, BBC, CGTN, The Atlantic. He's done a TED Talk. He's visiting New York for the next few months. And he's performing all around town, including at the Comedy Cellar. Um, great dude, super positive, fascinating guy. I met him after a mic and talked to him for a long time about the differences between cultures in China and the United States. Um, on this interview, we talk about that same stuff. Um, differences between China and the United States when it comes to culture, media, comedy, growing up in China. Tony shares what it was like growing up in China during the, um, where, where they have that one child policy. It's an only child as the little emperor, how he found stand up. So much good stuff in here. Tony's fantastic. Breath of fresh air. You need to follow Tony. Check him out. Um, yeah, sorry I'm being a little negative bitch, but uh, it's hard out here, dude. It's hard. Anyway, have a good uh, week, everyone. Bye. All right. Tony Chow. Did I get yeah. the, is that right? Tony yeah, Chow? Yeah, yeah, Tony Chow. Tony Chow, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Hi. Ni hao, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you wanted to prepare before we started, but 
Oh, we have no need. Okay. No need. <laughs> okay. I like how professional you are, though. You changed it to a nice shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to show respect. <laughs> <laughs> to cook well with this, all this beautiful setting. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, I love you, dude. We don't even. Yeah, it's very laid back here. We don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like how how laid back it should be. Like mm. like like super. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah. Laid back. I need another foot rest, but oh, I get laid. Get laid. <laughs> I get laid by a podcast. <laughs> Tony, I don't think you get laid off this podcast, unfortunately. But yeah. dude, I thanks for coming. Uh, yeah. You had thanks. a rough trip over here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a visiting from Beijing, China. Actually. Oh yeah. Ah, uh, well, being from here China for too. Yeah, China. But I mean, you had a rough time getting here to the apartment. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It's a very complicated story. Because of the subways, right? Yeah, the subways. I've been to Astoria a few times for, for the comedy shows. Every time it's an easy trip. But today, <laughs> I missed my seven train stop at Pl- Queens Brawl Plaza, Nightmare Again. And then I was trying to find another way to get back uh-huh. and take the train, go, which led me to a wrong place. Okay. And then I have to wait for another bus. Like in 15 minutes. Yeah. And that trip itself took me another 15 minutes. And I decided to ride on the city bike. And yeah. I finally got here like so you got, 40 minutes late. So a bus, two trains, and a city bike. Right. And then you got here. Right. And you had to walk up five flights. It's literally how I get to America. <laughs> <laughs> Took on the train and bus. Dude, I just moved here. I hate the public transit here. Yeah. I hate the subway. I don't like it. Uh, I've, you know what? I sweat a lot. You sweat uh, a lot? Yeah, before I came, I, I heard that America is a melting pot. Yes. And then I really feel it. Because <laughs> you're melting. Yeah, because I'm smelling. <laughs> Tony. Dude, I love it. Bringing the jokes. Yeah, dude. I uh, I mean, you. so you're from Beijing, China. Yeah, I'm from Beijing. Born and raised? No, I'm uh, I'm spending half of my lifetime in Beijing. I'm actually originally from Jinan, Shandong province, a capital city of Shandong province, okay. which is like one and a half hours on the train from okay. Beijing. Okay, I see. And uh, and yeah, we talked all about this, but I, I kind of want to like get into your background. But like, first of all, in Beijing, they have public transit, right? Yeah. How is it better? Is it worse? Oh, it's definitely better. Better? <laughs> yeah, because it's always newer, right? Everything's pretty newer. Right. There. Yeah. I mean, the infrastructure is a cutting edge of, uh, of, of basically yeah. every major city in China. Right. Uh, and we are still uh, constructing it, mm-hmm. extending the, 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 the length of the tr- public transport. Right. Yeah. Because, and we talked about this too a little bit. And like, this is kind of like already on, because um, we met at a mic last yeah. week which is really fun mm-hmm. and first of all i got a chance to see tony stand up and it's very good and very mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> thank you and and well i guess i want to talk about the public transit stuff but before i do that the the mic was fun because really well <laughs> it wasn't, i doubt <laughs> no but it was you went very last yeah i'm in the very yeah, you last. were last on the list yes. so like normally at an open mic here in the city like last spot on open mic really not very good or fun mm, because there's mm, only like a couple of people sense. there but i was there right. a couple other people there yeah. and I, I loved your set and oh, it was thank great you. thank you and yeah part of it was yeah talking about the differences between china and america mm, mm. how you drove 
I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of miles to perform in front of three people. <laughs> <laughs> All that stuff. It was great. That really impressed me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It impressed me. The jokes impressed me. Yeah. It was great. But uh, but yeah, so public transit, we talked about this afterwards and we got to talk all about the differences between China and the United States. And I was right. really interested in that. And uh, you said they're ahead of us. China's ahead of the United States. In some way. In science and and math and... and no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying that the social media, the social business media. circle in some way is a little bit more advanced than, okay. than, than, than the uh, America because... Um, but talking about the content, I, yeah. I don't agree. The content, you don't agree? Yeah, I mean, I mean the, in terms of the content, I don't think that China is ahead of America. Okay. But I'm just talking about the business model. The it's business more, model is more of, of a being media. product, more, more of being unpracticed and yeah. improved. Yeah. Like, a little earlier than America, I think. Okay. Way. Okay. Yeah, so that was the social media thing we were talking about. Mm. Um, but yeah, why do you think that is? Why do you think, in terms of social media and stuff, China is ahead of us in I terms of like like the business process and things that? Because the like we're seeing the transitioning of the uh, from people's transitioning from um, the traditional media focus into the social media focus, the worldwide. Mm -hmm. But in China, I mean, nobody watches TV anymore. I mean, even I think America is the same, pretty the same case. But people, some people still are watching TV. Right, that's yeah, what I'm saying. My, my parents grandparents they're still watching the news they still mm. watch cable mm. and normal commercials and things like that uh -huh. but they're aging out uh -huh. so the younger generation i don't think anybody watches tv all right that makes sense but in china there's also a problem with the freedom of uh of the content on right. tv mm. where but the, the like the government controls all the tv stations which right. means that they, they own everything there. and it's not a very market oriented it's, even with some of the entertainment it's not very programs, market oriented and it to some extent yeah it? yeah because it's it's technically a communist government right so, so in terms of the news that's definitely under the government control mm -hmm. but we have a lot of uh, entertainment programs because the system of how the the tv stations are run is not a pure like market oriented right you get what i mean like right so that's why they don't usually have the um they most um catch up with the time content mm -hmm. with the younger generation with the people and also there's a little budget there's a cutting budget into the advertisement okay. to sponsor the tv programs okay. so so basically all the uh, tv stations at the professional level are all kind of like struggling kind of struggling yeah so okay. other people like just don't watch that anymore and switch it into social media okay I mean, even ahead of uh uh like America. the united states yeah, yeah. so it's so it's not just so the the reason it's migrated more so off of the mainstream media mm. stuff is because of the censorship yeah, it's just part of and the content is not, yeah. uh, it's not appealing good. as much. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. So, like, what kind of content, like the bad stuff that people don't want to watch, the stuff that sucks, apparently, it's not good. Mm. Like, what, like, what kind of shows does the government in China, like, what kind of shows are they okay with? Like, are they just bad stories? Like, what kind of shows? Oh, it's a very complicated like, because that's a, that's a huge, huge machine running it in their own logics. Mm-hmm. Um, they could be very detailed okay. in, in terms of those censorship and those management method. Um, uh, let me give you an example. Can you imagine like at 7.30, at 7, like all the nation, every like provincial or city uh, TV station just aired the same, exactly the same news program? Yeah, at 7 p.m. At 7 p.m. in the evening. Yeah. From the central television station. Yeah. 
where, where I used to work. So they for, tell actually. you what's going on. They tell yeah, you this is this on, is yeah. the reality. This is the most things you have to focus. This yeah. What kind of stuff would be on the program? Oh, it's basically the leaders. The leaders. Mostly about that because China is very heavy with policies. Mm. So that's where we get oh how the policy will go. Okay. And then what the what, what the leaders is been doing been up to. Okay. So they'll right. give you an update on what the leaders are doing. Right. They have what well, we joke about that three segments. The first segment is all about the top leaders. Okay. Maybe like 10 minutes. And then the 10 minutes about domestic civil news. Okay. And the rest for like a seven or eight minutes, all about how, how fucked up the rest of the world is. Probably, probably America, mostly right. America. And then they say like, <laughs> you have it so good here because... <laughs> The whole rest of the world's fucked up. Things are good in China. Like, is that is that how it is? is it yeah, I think positive? that's that's what they're trying to sell China. Yeah, yeah. But now sometimes it's not so strict, but uh, so direct. But it's always in the direction of that. Oh, okay, so it's mm. a direction of like, yeah, things are good. Your mm. leaders are good. Mm. Here's what they're up to. Mm. I will say we the news are leaders. fake, but they just select the very by their mean by their methods. Have, and you standard. Heard of the, have you heard of the term fake news? Uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Yeah, he coined <laughs> the term fake news. He would, he would say that about some of our media. Right. Like, it's fake news. Right. It's not real. It's propaganda. It's fake mm. news. But uh, in China, it actually sounds like it is actual mm. kind of fake. Yeah. I don't uh, want to get us in trouble with China or you yeah. in trouble with China. Yeah. You, you got to go I'm back. Not, there. I'm not saying it's a fake news, but they select it by their <laughs> own standards. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, that's interesting. It reminds me. Have you seen the movie V for Vendetta? Okay, that's an American movie. It's like a comic book movie, but in that's it, why I can't see it. That's why you can't see it. Yeah, dude, I approve like, it. Yeah, dude, yeah, China. It would be like this is what it is in China because yeah. it, it's a fictionalized story of it takes place in Great Britain, but it's uh-huh. this uh, in the movie. It's like some Nazi totalitarian government is in control of uh, London and England. Mm. And they have a centralized controlled media okay. and there's one guy who talks on it and it's the same news station and mm-hmm. every, it's all on all the TVs and people watch it. Mm. And there's also a government sponsored comedy show okay. on the news that uh, in this movie. But how and, does that work? Well, he's able to do approved content, oh, but okay. this guy decides to be a rebel and he uh, goes off of the government script and makes fun of the prime minister <laughs> and then that guy gets abducted and killed so uh or i don't know if he gets killed spoiler alert but but yeah it seems like that is like the reality in china so yeah. how how do the people feel in china about all of this because it sounds like they're not watching as much of the state run mm-hmm. media mm-hmm. so but actually, out of your, I mean, out of a surprise, I mean, like most people there may feel very happy about their life. Do they? Right. Okay. Because I generally, I don't think that so many people really care like what has been censored mm. because that's not, most, most of the people, that's not very directly affected. I mean, their life is not directly affected. Right. And we're having a very good economic growth in the past like uh, four decades that's really making people happier about their life and enjoy their lives sure so the yeah that yeah i think you did mention that the other night too like the economic growth Mm -hmm. is helping um the government stay Mm. credible i suppose right right. like they'll live with the censorship as long as the economy's going right like most people don't challenge the government. That's yeah. That's also b- part of the co- collectivism culture mm-hmm. or like communism culture. We were like think about like we were not ever taught to challenge authority, no matter it's a polit- politicians right. or what. Right. 
you just follow the rules and you do yes. whatever they wanted you to do and then yes. you, you have a better turnout like mm -hmm. based on your performance and that's based the way we're yeah yeah so we, we get used to that in yeah. general yeah we don't even know that we don't know things like yeah <laughs> given yeah. this effect yeah it's like sheer it's like you don't know what you don't know mm. um necessarily so growing up in china mm. you, can, can you talk to me like about I, I, I was curious about the the upbringing in like a typical traditional chinese family mm. and like how it might be different from from here and uh because i think we talked about this the other day too about how mm. like there's this you know you, it, the importance of duty and and doing well and performing in school uh, and doing what you're supposed to do and i don't know if there's anything associated with like making your family proud or uh, things like that like am, am i right in that kind of that's I that's think the how major difference uh being uh growing up in china is that we, every household basically every family may mostly have one only child mm. Most of us like don't have a siblings, especially yeah. those from the rural areas where the rules are being played kind of like loosely. Mm -hmm. uh, but in general, like for people who are born in the eighties, nineteen eighties, or late nineteen seventies, we're just the only child of the of the whole family. Right. When did the yeah. only child policy start? The one child policy. I think the late seventies. Late seventies. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, and how does that impact the upbringing? So the only child. Yeah, the only child, and some definitely we have a lot of spoiled kids. In, spoiled kids? Yeah, yeah. In, in, in China because well, we have a terminology for that. It's called little emperor. Little emperor <laughs> <laughs> with the family. Yeah, that's what they call an only child. Yeah. Okay, I mean generations will make every effort to meet the needs of the uh, little emperor. Oh, I see. The grandparents and also the parents. So the grandparents of the one grandchild mm. bend over backwards to meet the needs of the right. little emperor? Right. Okay. But, yeah, that's but not also, good. But that, that's all, yeah, it's good or bad. It's good because we don't have the issue with the splitting the family's wealth yeah. after the parents died or something. Yeah, it all goes to the little emperor. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So were you an only child? I'm the only child. Oh, so you're the little emperor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, some of them, I'm not the only emperor, a little emperor, but some of the really small kid is called the little emperor. I see. <laughs> I see. Gotcha. So you didn't have any siblings. Mm. So um, did your parents or is it is it is it so common that like most people, you know, have only one child? Yeah, my generation, all all like 90 percent probably 90 percent more than 90 percent because wow. because if you have a second child or third back in the days you're going to be fine mm -hmm. your family will be fine mm -hmm. so how does that i'm, I'm so i mean i'm not, not a 90 person i think in my classes like 99 percent okay are like the only child of the 90 percent 99 percent 99 percent yeah in my in my back in my my school yeah because i live in the urban city mm-hmm uh huh. That's incredible. Yeah, I don't the, even know what impact that would have because it's so rare here. Like yeah. basically, most people I know have siblings. Mm -hmm. It's it's a you know it's a minority of things and um, because it seems like I mean I don't know I was the oldest child in my family yeah. so I was trying to figure out a lot of things on my own mm -hmm. but for uh you know my younger siblings mm. like it was a big part of our social uh upbringing because yeah. we spent a lot of time with our siblings yeah. like we would teach each other things we would learn from each other's mistakes at different phases in life 
I like, never experienced that. Never experienced that. I never experienced yeah. that. Yeah. So where did you, like, what did you do as a kid? Did you have a lot of close friends uh, in school? Like, 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 when I was a kid, I lived in the courtyard. Okay. Where, like, most of people, like, living in the same big yard. Okay. It's not like moving the building, but in the 90s, we moved into the buildings, the apartment buildings. Apartment buildings. And then that's very, that's very atypical okay. in China. Okay. Like, can you imagine, like, a, um, we, we all lose the, the, the previous res, residence, uh, I mean, housing, mm-hmm. like when we were a child in China, because we developed so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, like, when we're in the childhood, we really have a good time playing with, uh, with a different kids from different family within the big yard. The courtyard, yeah. The courtyard. Would it be kind of like this, this apartment style, where there's a courtyard in the middle, like in our... um, Mm, Sometimes it's larger. Larger? Like maybe with like like 50... Yeah, or sometimes with twenty yeah. like different families. I got you. Yeah, for those listening who don't know, like where we live, there's a there's like a garden. Mm. Like the the back side, the outside of this apartment we're in faces mm. the street, but the mm. other side faces the courtyard, where like mm. all the apartments kind of face in, mm. and there's a garden and mm. like a walkway. Mm. And I see kids out here sometimes, but but I think um, it's just still different because back then that's only flats. Mm. We don't have apartment building that much. Okay, so just so flats. Flat. So it's and just sh- one level? And also like the whole yard share like maybe two or three or four like tapping waters. Okay. So people have a lot of interaction with each other and we're living in a kind of like a shabby condition within mm-hmm. a very small like a flat. Okay. Like 10 square meters, mm-hmm. something like that. And how old were you when you were living in this? Um, mm, I think moving to the apartment building when I was... Uh, let me see. Eight years. Eight years old? Eight years okay. old. So you yeah. have memories probably of the courtyard when right, it was right, like socializing yeah, with, the, with the kids. So definitely. that was where you got it because you didn't get it from siblings necessarily. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that's, that's, that's so interesting. How do you think that affects the culture that everybody is an only child or the vast majority of people in your generation? I'm not quite sure of that because we don't really have a comparison. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. It's hard to compare. But well was told that, that, oh, you might be maybe more selfish, mm-hmm. self-centered. Self-centered. Yeah, in that case. And you don't know how to get along with with, 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 with your peers and, mm. and stuff. And sometimes you're, right, you don't... Yeah, but maybe more lonely. Because yeah. I've heard a theory about, um, you know proper social development and i'm going to butcher this i'm not a clinical psychologist Mm. i might not get this right but part of what helps you socialize Mm. is rough and tumble play so you 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 roughhouse you play you get in like little fights with you Mm. know Mm. your siblings a lot of the time Mm. and you figure out how to interact with another person Mm -hmm. and uh, you get in trouble you get yelled at and then you figure out how to how to play and kids get that at school Mm -hmm. in the schoolyard um and there's also an aspect of competition in my family at least because we were four brothers so so yeah we all competed with one another to you know in in sports and things and in a lot of ways, I, I actually think the competition was unhealthy in hindsight <laughs> because we, were like, we, we just took it so serious. We wanted to make mom and dad proud. So in some ways, it might be nice to be an only child, you know, and not have to, to compete. But but you know what? We have a very competitive schooling. Yeah. It's very competitive given the fact that China's population is so, so big. Yeah. That my generation, especially the one of the, the, the years I was born, mm-hmm. like was the peak like of the population of the kids. Yeah. 
So like people have to compete everything to get in the better schools, to get mm. into like get admitted to the college, and they're mm. looking for a job. Yeah, that's very stressful. Oh,、okay. that's way more stressful. Yeah, how hard were your parents on you? Were, did, did, were they very hard on you? Like and、I、have high expectations? I, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah, were they though? Were they? I, I I don't think they were that respect restrict because I'm a kind of a hardworking when I was a kid. Okay,、uh-huh. so you put that pressure on yourself anyway. Yeah, because you you have to because in, I don't think like、uh, like 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 children in China、um, have an easier life compared with the states because they've had a lot of、uh, like you say oh you have to compete in the sports and like、yeah. uh, after school like activities、mm-hmm. we just don't have much of that we're just very focused on the academic performance. Oh, okay, that are very stressful. Yeah, you can never imagine like. Like especially in provinces、uh, like Shandong, where I'm from,、mm-hmm. like people are have a huge pressure to get into the, get into the college. Okay,、uh, you have to be maybe、uh, competing against.、Uh, maybe they got only like a,、um, like three or or four out of the ten to get a, a good, a college. So okay, so only forty percent. It's not、mm. like it's not based on the application system like the U.S.、Mm. It's based on the one simple test nationwide or、wow. provincial, and only、wow. ruled by the scores. Okay. Like some kids even, like、um, the people from the students from the rural areas was even suffering more、mm. because they don't have a really good education resources. Okay. They have to compete. They have to. They have to take the same test as the kids in the urban areas. Right. Okay. Right. And also, it's, it's kind of unfair. There's a lot of discussion about that too. Very unfair、mm-hmm. because the score is different from one place to another place. Yeah. So the place with the better resources will be way easier than those、right. with the little resources. Right. Like like Beijing, like they they may they may get into the the better college with the、uh, with the scores of maybe like one hundred less. Okay. And to get into the better school,、mm. while people like. Whose score was、uh, way up there may not have a quali- be, be qualified to get into the same school、It's、just because they are from a different province. Interesting. So、right. they they have a hundred point better score in the、yeah. rural area, and they'll get in it. Right. They won't get in. Right. This is the- different from place to 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 place. Okay. It's just pr-、uh, the provinces are almost like the states、mm. in the in in America. Okay. But we only treat them, but. Most of the cases, like for the education, is very because in China we have a different system called hukou, mean the residence. You cannot move freely, basically. Oh, I see. Because everything, the welfare, the education, the health, are all linked with where you were born. I see. So there's a certificate showing the the, the place of your birth.、Mm-hmm. And you have to stay there. Yeah, you may have. You may like for for education and health. That's exactly where. It, it has a connection too. Okay. But after graduation, you can work in some other provinces or cities.、Mm. But your kids, you don't have a hukou of you don't have the residency certificate of that city you worked.、Mm-hmm. Your kids will not be allowed to get into the public school there. Oh, I see.、So、you have to go back to your hometown to raise your kids. Right to have to receive the education and then to pass all the entrance、uh, college entrance examinations from from there. Oh, okay. Okay. So basically, understand. So you're so if you're in a bad province or, or right with, with bad education, that would be tough. You can't. It's really hard to get out of that. Right. It's really because even if you beat the odds, get into right. school, right, you move to a different province to get a good job.、Mm. You have to go back to raise your kid in the、right. same, and they still got to beat the system、right. again. 
Woo. So like Dude, we got uh, it pretty good here in America, right? It was like we, back yeah. in my high school, like at the, at the final year of the, uh, the, the my high school, there are some of the students from uh, uh, wealthier families mm -hmm. or from uh, families to which they have connections. Mm -hmm. All they, they 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 send their kids to the easier provinces. Okay, either is like a, uh, how could I say? Mm, the the province has less competition with with uh, better re resources or okay. those really far away and remote provinces. So they people be like tend top kid in right, class, right? Because they're just gonna run. We'll, we'll call them the college entrance examination immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call it. Okay. They cheat. They cheat. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. They're like going into the the kitty league, but they yeah. they have the resources of. Yeah, yeah and we don't account. We don't, uh, we don't put the like uh, your your after school performances like art and sports and volunteering stuff mm -hmm. into this account. It's just like the exam S scores. Just the exam scores. Right. So extracurriculars don't matter. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you're aware of how it is in the states, right? When kids are applying mm. for college, no, it's been very, it's been a long time. But that mm. was ingrained in us. They would say, you know, you. I mean, I went to a good high school that reminded us of that but it was always you know it's a bonus if you play football if mm. you um are involved yeah in the arts after school that all counted mm. they they even have an art and the in the united states you can you write a college essay yeah and you make a case for yourself as a student mm -hmm. um for scholarships or things like that does that exist in china people not much no we don't really you apply. Apply. we don't we don't really apply yeah that's one thing. You don't apply. They just it's use the same ruler and they go with their their ruler. Yeah. Okay, so it's got to be pretty rough for these these people that don't make it in to the mm. schools. Right. So that's what why happens to the rest of the 60% of the population that's not making it. So they're going to the bad like universities or mm -hmm. but right now I think the 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 rate of the, of the applications are pretty high. Mm. But it's higher year by year as the population is going down year by year, and also the uh, the colleges are expanding. Mm. Like after the two thousand, the year of two thousand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But so there's more at, options for more. Right. People. There are more options. And so it's also not like more, if you don't make it in the sixty percent, you you have to work. But like, it's easier to get into the college, labor. but after the graduation, it's still hard to get a job. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. But like in the eighties or nineties, like making it into the college itself is very very difficult. Right. In general, I see. Mm -hmm. I see. So, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. The United States is seeing similar things now. I feel like um, most people go to college. You know, most it's hard people, to get a job. Hard to get a job, or hard to get a good job. I mean, there's uh, jobs. Okay. There's plenty of jobs, but they're okay. they're you know, mm. work working in the service industry or working mm. whatever. But for the cost of tuition. Um, it's it's not a job that's going to pay off the student loan debt for that particular student. Like, oh, th that that's also the difference. The tuition here is way higher than, mm -hmm. than that in China. Yeah, because in China we're all like, uh, the, the all the universities are mostly are like pr public schools. Public schools. And the best schools are public schools. Mm -hmm. They're either like central government sponsored or the provincial like government uh, sponsored or the Ministry mm -hmm. of uh, of. So each they're funded by tax revenue. I'm assuming. Right. Yes. That's, that's how. So are yes. the taxes pretty high in China? Do you know what the ta the rates are? Uh, what kind of tax? You mean running um, the company or like sure, for income a student? Sure, income tax, sales tax. 
In general, people say that it's actually very high, very but high. it's very is in a very hidden way. People don't realize it. Okay, so is it like sales tax? Like every everything you, you buy, you know what? Like people associated? don't know that because we have never had any clue of how much tax we pay every year. Oh, it's not like in the states. You buy any very yeah, it's hidden. Mm. Mm. But you know you have less money than you got in your paycheck. Oh, uh, that that's for sure. Okay, that's for sure. Do they show you how much they take out of your paychecks? Um, yes, but like in general, in China, people don't have a concept of that. Oh, because they don't, they don't. I'm how can I put it? I don't think they want to make it very obvious for people to find out how many packs. They don't, they don't, mm. they don't give in a sense that oh, you are the taxpayers and you, you, you can yeah. contribute to the society, and then you're gonna mm. like because I'm, we don't either know like how this tax is is being used. Right. You don't know how the money is being right. used or how much is being taken it, out. Right. But here, but like, there's no I, sense of it even. No. Because it's like. So hmm. what what would be a cultural shock for me or, or, or I think for the Chinese people in general mm-hmm. coming to the United States is that on every single receipt with no matter how much it is, like $3, you know how much tax you pay. Yeah. Yeah. So you got a sense. Oh, I'm I pay the tax. I mm-hmm. I'm the one who contributes to society. Yes. And you're gonna use my money wisely. Yeah. Or else I'll challenge well, we you. We don't always do that, but yeah, there. It's at least there's the the transparency. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But I'm gonna say I the government is very rich. The Chinese government is a very very rich. Yes. Yes. Mm. They buy a lot of our treasury bonds. China mm. owns yes. a lot of U.S. debt. Yes. And so we we owe China, um, and we're yeah. But people say that uh, like in China, you you run a company, you do all those stuff, because all those hidden taxes in general mm-hmm. will be very high. Mm, I see. Mm. So that so because it's it's just not visible to people. I mean, the level of like financial literacy mm. of the average Chinese person mm. is. Is it lower? Like, is it not like do they do, is there personal investing in China? Do uh, in China, like the at an individual level, do people like invest in? Yes, yes, because people are making a lot uh, during the past, like uh, uh, a few decades, especially from the property, because okay. almost like I think almost all the families' property are very heavily relied on the pro- uh, uh, pr- a property. Because once you get rich, like Chinese people's mind is like, we we'll always buy a property mm. because not no really good investment in China. Uh, definitely, we can invest in the in stock market. Yes, uh, but in the end, like very, very few people win. Yes, in the stock market. Yeah, yeah. In the long run, this mm. is also lack of transparency and, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and also all the other like real estate is viewed as it's a, a yeah okay one hundred percent sure yes. good investment in yeah. the past like few decades right. Hasn't there been a real estate bubble in China? Yes, we're having it. That's we're what having we're having it right it. now. Yeah, so property values are declining. Uh, yeah, or they were. I'm really not. Yeah, a little bit. Is it uh, wasn't like 2008 with us because when 2008 that was when our real estate market crashed and that was. Like, yeah, we're talking about that if we China will have a Lehman Brothers moment. Yes, a Lehman Brothers <laughs> moment. Yes, yes. I hope it doesn't because the Chinese economy is big enough to where it would affect everything. Yeah, it seems that there's a a very serious challenge ahead of China uh, in many in many aspects mm-hmm. but also China is very unique in terms of how they manipulate the the manage the economy yes because they have many different policy tools mm. it's not like a only like a market based economy right right could you walk us through some of those tools they have the yeah. currency manipulation is the one I mean, all of them they 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 can stop the developers to sell on a price enter 
as to, to sell that properties under a certain price even yeah yeah um the to, loans to, to artificially the, keep the value of the real estate up they say right. stop developing because we don't want to increase the supply of the mm. the real estate mm. yes i think they're trying all the means to keep it strong at the moment mm. yes even there's a little i mean less like sales mm -hmm. number but mm -hmm. you're gonna keep it that high yeah the other thing I've heard that China can do is they'll artificially devalue their currency mm. so that their exports are comparatively less expensive so that they can export more. I don't think that's what they are trying to do now. They're trying no, to keep the value, but because it's dropping yeah. very sharply in your recent month. Okay, I see. Yeah, probably not now, but that mm -hmm. was always mm -hmm. Donald Trump. Would talk the exchange about. rate uh, uh, went, 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 went up uh, from... 7.1 to 7.3 okay within a two months okay that's a lot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah wait that means like two years ago i think it's, it's it's like a little bit more than six only yeah right yeah. so the currency is more valuable no it's, it's valuable. going down it's going down it's weakening okay i see the weakening mm -hmm. of the currency yeah because mm -hmm. it takes more to buy yeah <laughs> <laughs> I studied economics in college, but it's been a really long we're, time. We're, oh, it's been a really we're, a challenge for me to talk about all those really big issues about China, China. <laughs> the education, the economy, the I politics, I'm everything. A, I'm a nerd, Tony. I, just, I like to talk about the economy sometimes, <laughs> especially for someone who you know is from there. And you, I'm, you know, I'm in a tough position. But for what, on the one hand, I'm I'm not really an expert on everything. Uh -huh. On the other hand, I'm um, I mean not. Uh, Expressing in an accurate way, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in, in, you mean really? in English as well? Yeah, English as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're doing great, and I'm not an expert on America either. I'm just. <laughs> I hope the people from but China won't shit me. <laughs> you know a lot about China, though. So yeah. Obviously, it's very mm. interesting. Um, so let, let's talk about comedy in China. Mm. So um, you, uh, we did, we talked a little bit about your background the other day, but. Um, when did you get into comedy? Why did you get into comedy? Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe specifically, like in in a in a country where creativity mm. is not celebrated mm. as much, or its its individual expression is not mm -hmm. as uh, emphasized. Mm -hmm. um, how did you find comedy? Yeah, um, my comedy experiences trace back to the year of a twenty late 2012 or early 2013 well joe wong i don't know if you know the comedian the chinese american comedian joe wong joe wong yeah was was popular at that time i know of him oh uh, you know him right yeah so that i think he uh by doing the uh, white house correspondent dinner uh said that video got viral in china ah. yeah so i think that's when stand-up comedy was introduced to china people realized oh this is something that relate relate to us and this is something that we can understand and we can we can yeah. even think about oh this is because um before that we all we we couldn't understand why like the comedy is so funny yeah. the, because we can't understand everything yeah because the reference is different i mean even now like i will watch some stand-up comedy live i don't understand that punchline <laughs> because i'm not very, very related to that do jokes. you laugh well, sometimes i laugh but sometimes to i don't be, understand do you ever laugh to be polite uh yeah, sometimes because I understand part of it because the mm -hmm. setup part is kind of easier. Right, right. It's always probably comes after the punchline because yeah. it's a very... Uh, it's like a mathematical 
right thing yeah. you can understand when the punchline is supposed the to the heights of the information always like we, we all know that in the punchline you have to be quick mm. you have to the sharp turn yes that was very precise on the information you release yes and it's also not straightforward sometimes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also talking about the the names the pop culture the pop culture references yeah, yeah. that all those stuff yeah i don't understand that yeah it's, it's interesting yeah. so that white house correspondence dinner video yeah so that was not censored in china obviously no. so that went viral yeah uh, why do you, do you think the chinese government would have censored it if they would have known it would have caused no no because no? there's less political because they they there's nothing bad for china right Right. Yeah, they think, wow, the Chinese guy like, went up and they say, talk about Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's great. That, I think what's really uh, making in the headline news is that it's a, it's not only a comedic event mm -hmm. in that sense. It's a more of a social event. Yeah. People like from China, we've never seen like people do political jokes yes. in, in China. I see. But that's the, the joke is about American politics. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's okay. Very cool. Mm. Very cool. So that was 2012. How old were you? I was 40. 40? Yeah. You were 40 in 2012? Oh, no. Back then? Yeah. Uh, 29. 29. Okay. Yeah, so you 29. discovered comedy at 29. Yeah. Now, now when you you saw the, the, the video and then... And then the, I went, wow, yeah. that may try this. This is something I, I, may, I may do. Mm -hmm. And then I look around in Beijing. I didn't find any Chinese stand-up. But because back then there was no Chinese speaking stand up at all. Okay. And then I found a group of foreign expats. Okay. And they're doing English stand up comedy. That's where I started. Oh, okay. Doing stand up comedy. Okay, great. So yeah. the, the only comedy clubs in Beijing at that time mm. were English speaking English speaking comedy. Expats, yeah. Like, okay. I, I can't say that it's a professional, but uh, at least, oh, this is um, something I can join and, and mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. And then I think not long after that, um, like Joe Wong returned to China. Okay. And then we started to do shows together. And you did shows with Joe Wong? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I did the show with him all the time after okay. that. Like, I can wow. imagine, like, I watched them, uh, that he inspired me of doing stand up comedy. Yeah. And after a while, him? I performed, I opened for him in a big theater later. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> How did you meet him? Yeah, because that's the only scene in Beijing. Like, one, you know everybody wow. like once you're in. Wow, and that's uh, so cool. It was such a small scene. You could just make that connection, right? Yeah. And also, uh, Des Bishop, uh, an Irish, Irish American comedian mm -hmm. who was quite famous in Ireland, went to China to film the documentary, uh, where he started a comedy club at his home. Yeah. And then, and later, I joined, and we keep doing this. And that's at a long time for for a long time was is the most professional comedy club in, in the entire China. Wow, and so that's the, the best club, comics. Yeah, that's stuff. the club that you co-run, right? Right now, right? Okay, right. And yeah. that club, uh, you know, for for a long while, I mean, the best comics from all over China, like come all the way to China to Beijing to our club to perform. That is so great, right? Kind of buried the lead on this one. Like, mm. I'll I'll tell about this in the introduction before we talk mm. about this, but we really want to talk about right. that comedy club because I knew you ran this comedy club, right. but I didn't know the prominence of it and mm. that this is one of the best comedy clubs. Right in in all of China. Yeah, it's just because I'm one of the pioneering stand-up comedians from China, so I, I I think I benefit from that a lot because I um I'm actually the first mm -hmm. uh comedian from China touring the world. Wow. Uh, I I toured Ireland in the year of 2014, mm. and I'm the first Chinese comedian who did a cruise gig 
Yeah, wow. Okay, on the international cruise. That's so, dude. And uh, duh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know all these details about your your resume. Yeah. That's fantastic. I was a visitor in New York City eight years ago. Where I res- actually received some of the news uh, uh, interviews. I was on the on, on some of the TV programs in New York City. In New York City. Eight years ago. Yeah. Well, how did you have fun on the local news? They 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 called me. They but it's almost some of them are Chinese speaking. Mm. Oh, there's, I there's see. one television called Sino. Uh, Sinovision, mm. Sinovision. I think it's the biggest Chinese-speaking okay. TV station here. They did a one-on-one interview in the, in the very fancy a professional studio in wow. Manhattan. Very cool. And also, and I now you're in my apartment doing this. I'm mean, <laughs> good. I'm good. I'm maybe more influential than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. I'm so happy about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So you've toured the world. I didn't know you did anything in in Europe. So yeah, you did stand up in Ireland. You said. Yeah, I toured with Des Bishop in the year of 2014. Different 2014. cities, did quite a lot of shows. And That's what, my first gig outside China. Uh, in in Ireland. Uh, not only in Ireland. Yeah, in Ireland. It, that was your first gig outside yeah, China. Outside China. Uh, what what uh, level were you guys playing? Were you guys playing at comedy clubs or theaters? Oh, all kinds of that because he's he's a celebrity there. He's a celebrity there. Yeah, we did wow. the tons of shows. That's amazing. Yeah. To be able to to start comedy you know and do it and very early on to be thrust into an international tour where you're doing Mm. theaters Mm. i mean how did you develop your skills as a comic to be ready for that kind of audience and that kind of it takes exposure but you know that that that's very challenging especially back in 2014 when i just started like yeah one what sounds like it was quick so like one to two years like did you have anything that you uh applied to develop your material or to get so good so fast not at all just in case just in a situation that we we don't have many gigs in mm-hmm. beijing we're just like maybe weekly right uh, open once, mic once, once a week open right mic. Yeah. yeah and also uh, english is a is a problem i i was not speaking as good english as i am now mm. even so it's very hard yeah. but just like it's I'm, I'm one of the like special comedians i think that makes some sense to the mm-hmm. audience that I've never seen any guy from Beijing, from China, mm-hmm. do English stand up. Yeah. So they are very open minded uh, for what I yes. uh, conveyed in my joke mm-hmm. and they're very curious about it. Yeah. So, so they're already yeah. sitting up paying attention very closely mm, because right. they're not used to seeing someone right. from China. And the things, I mean, that's why you were so interesting to me right away is like mm. there's so much that you have experienced that I don't know about. Mm. Um, Back then, not only like people from, comedians, they have never seen comedians from China, but in general, like Chinese or Asian comedians, they have never seen mm. that either. Like in, at least in, 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 in Ireland back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, so you've been doing stand up for 10 years, 10 years, 10 years. Wow. Um, yeah, that is so cool that you were able to, uh, perform at that level that early. Um, Mm. it's, uh, it's interesting because I feel like in, in, in the U S and, and stand up comedy scenes, there's like, people say that you have to do it for 10 years before you get anywhere. Mm -hmm. But based on, you know, your experience and opportunities that can happen faster depending Mm. on. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. Like it's very, very tough to start in New York city. Yeah. That's what we were talking about. I don't know how people make it. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah. If I started here, I'll quit the next week. <laughs> yeah, we all want to quit. We all want to quit here. It's yeah. It's, yeah. Because the difference is, oh, the other thing that you told me that was so crazy is there's fewer comedians, but there's every show has a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Did you tell me they, they would cancel a show if they only had 20 audience members? Yeah, that's all we, I, I used to do sometimes. <laughs> you used to cancel shows? Right. We were used to those like shows with 100 people, 200 people, mm-hmm. or at least like a, a 80, 70s. That's yeah. good. Like, think about that. Like, if we, you start with like people, size of that that kind of crowd mm-hmm. and sometimes it came it just turned out to be like 30 people mm-hmm. you're very upset about that you're very upset about it's like, wow shit yeah it's not the day <laughs> yeah most of us here would kill for an audience yeah. of, of 30 in a small room that'd yeah. be like that'd be a great show right wow supply and demand even at a time when people don't know what stand-up comedy is we still have a crowd yeah <laughs> yeah it's so it's so tough yeah so, um, and all these shows, like at your comedy club, what's the name of the comedy club again? Uh, the Humor Section, Yomo Xiaochu. The Humor Section? Yeah, because we're, we're, we held that in the bookstore. The bookstore, they have the novel section, the, the mm-hmm. dining section, and we are the humor section. The humor section. Oh, <laughs> I like it. it. The it's, humor section of the bookstore. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's a very famous bookstore. Okay. Actually, that was uh, uh, considered by uh, the Lonely Planet, the, the Ten most beautiful bookstores worldwide oh, okay uh in a year i forgot which year it was what is the what is the building like it's a fair um is i it think a large bookstore and it's, then a it's, a, it's on the like a, I, I think the the whole setting and environment is pretty like the last last uh bookstore in las vegas okay. I, I don't know if i've ever been there but but it's basically combines a bar, cafe, and mm. uh, uh, cultural events mm. together, mm. and also that's that's a very mm, popular. I mean, that's the most popular okay. uh, space with the expats in Beijing. Okay, where have a lot of uh, different cultural events happening every day. Wow, and we're every Saturday the mm. prime the prime time. Okay, uh, every Saturday the prime every, time. Yeah, every okay. Saturday. If, for years. Wow. Uh, so do famous American comedians perform there? Yeah, a lot of them play yeah. there. Who Ari, Ari, Ari Schaefer. Schaefer. Ari Schaefer? Ari Schaefer. Ari Schaefer has played there. Yeah, Tom Rolls. Okay. Uh, Ronnie Chan. Ronnie Chan. Shane Wayne. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ruben Paul. Who? Uh, Ruben Paul. Ruben Paul. Uh, has Tom yeah. Segura played there? Who? Tom Segura? No. He hasn't? No. Okay. There's a documentary somewhere... Um, uh, where Tom Segura went to China. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, what year is it? I don't know. I know. Um, it's an older documentary because Tom Segura is very young in it. So I, I, I'd imagine it's probably at least, I don't know, eight 80s. years old, ten years old, mm-hmm. and um, they were performing there. And it follows their experience of having to adjust their style of comedy oh. or not to uh-huh. see, you know, how to connect. And and then the in the documentary they're interviewed and talking about being nervous of uh, well, will their jokes be funny to, to oh i guess it was uh, i guess it was with the punchline comic club uh yeah. but um at the, at the time we were doing the comic club the punchline didn't do much okay so they, that see. was before us because the it was it was done by another white guy okay. who brought really like celebrities to i think he brought russell peters okay to to Beijing, I think. Russell Peters. Yeah, like okay. comedians of that level. Mm. One of the earliest uh, bookings would be 
Jim Gavigan. Jim Gavigan? Yeah, a few years ago, where I, I was there at the time. Yeah, you know? that was one of your guys' earliest bookings? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. at the comedy section? A, a punchline. Uh, at the punchline, at yeah. the punchline. Yeah. I see, mm -hmm. I see. Wow, yeah. That that's... was way ahead of us, I think. Mm -hmm. I think it's just Jim Gaffigan's kids want to attend some summer school in China. Oh. And they ask that guy, and then they make it into... Okay. They, they did two, three consecutive shows and a 200-scale uh, bar in okay. Beijing. Okay, I see. Near the Walker Stadium, our, like the home uh, soccer game uh, uh, venue for, for the Beijing team. Okay, mm. very cool. So you've been um, in the United States for... How many? How long have you been this here? This time, two months, right? This time, two months. Two months. Two this months time, already. Two yeah. months. Yeah. Okay. You you said you've been in the United States for a few times. Few before. times. Yeah. Okay. How long did you stay before, and where did you go in the United States before? This is the longest stay I've ever done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Eight years ago, I stayed in New York City for a month, mm -hmm. and uh, in the end of a twenty no twenty no early twenty twenty right before the pandemic, mm. I was in LA for a week. You were in where? LA. LA. Los I Angeles. See. Yes. I see. And ten years ago, I visited America for the first time, and then like uh, different coastal cities. Uh, okay. But it's a very like two week for okay. two week time. But so it's you visited tourism. the coastal cities. Yeah, coastal cities. Okay. I've never been to the middle. Never been, never to, been, the been to the south. Yeah. But I'm very very curious about it. Yeah. Well, I I'm from uh, Michigan. Yeah. That's this state here. Yeah. Looks like a hand, and that's definitely Midwest, very much so. And I just moved from South Carolina, which is mm. the South. So I'm pretty familiar with uh, with that. But um, very different uh, pace of life. It's a, I guess so. It's a, a slower, so. um, it's more spread out and mm -hmm. suburbs, and it's very nice. It's very peaceful. The people are very, you know, I guess so. very kind. Um, I that's what I'm adjusting to in uh, in New York is. There's so many people. This is an exception, right? This isn't. This is not America. I mean, this is a New York, exactly. right? Exactly. I think so it's the same thing with China, like yeah. Beijing or Shanghai. Like the whole China, it's not Beijing or Shanghai. That's yeah. that's an exception. Right. Exactly. Mm. And the, just the way people behave to one another is different. Like people are generally colder and closed off here, as I'm sure you know. Yeah. Like people don't really, uh, people don't go out of their way to smile. They don't to care strangers. that much. No, uh, they don't uh, care. Mm -hmm. They don't care. And that I I like that. I like to smile at people and engage them and like you know just. Mm -hmm. I, that's why I like Astoria because it's more of a neighborhood, more peaceful, um, more like yeah, work-life balance. There's a lot of hustle and bustle, but you know, yeah. it's it feels pretty safe, and there's families walking around with their kids and dogs, and all the local business owners are out, and you you know, mm. people are they'll they'll smile or say hi, um, uh -huh. and people in your building you can kind of interact, but you in Manhattan, I feel. Like uh, on the subway, people are just <laughs> assholes. They're just depressed. That's why I don't like the subway. Okay. Fucking don't. Because I want to be happy, you know? <laughs> Fucking assholes. They don't have to be that mean. That's why I want to drive my car everywhere in New uh, York. Because um, I have my, yeah, I have my little Subaru. That it's, uh, It can fit into parallel parking spaces pretty uh -huh. easily. So I like to be in the car because then I can play my music and just be happy. But on the subway, <laughs> it's bad energy. I pick up on these people and I'm like, I don't even want to do comedy after this. This I'm is like, your shelter. Yeah. Yeah. The car is like my safe place. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway. Yeah. So um, uh, how did you like L.A. compared to New York City? 
Oh, that's that's very different. Very I think different. It, you can't live without a car in L.A. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But easier for me actually, uh, like in in New York City because mm. I don't have to drive. Yeah. And uh, there you see a lot of people on the streets and you know what's happening, what can't do. But in L.A., everything happens indoors, I guess. Mm. And also, I think that's a very different time where I was visiting. That was a New Year's Eve where New everybody Year's was. Eve. Yeah. So everybody left. I don't know that. Mm. Like this is something I didn't realize that re- either. So people are not in town on New Year's Eve in L.A. I mean, yeah, like New York Eve and also Christmas. It's the holiday season in general, right? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. realize that. Yeah. And so I, while I was walking on the street after I arrived, I said, like, oh, wow, why there were so few people. <laughs> I, I, I didn't get used to that. Because yeah. <laughs> in Beijing, you see people all the time in China. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so New York is okay. Mm-hmm. It's like more of a... Well, I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And especially in Manhattan, like every everywhere is within. You yeah. can you can you can take a walk and go yeah. to a city walk. Yeah. And there's always something to do. Yeah. And you can see them. Mm-hmm. What's happening? You know, I I just thought of this. What I'd really like to know is, uh, you were in uh, China mm. during COVID. Yes. During 2020, when the pandemic mm-hmm. broke out. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Well, people was very. Uh, uh, how how could I put it? We we went through many different stages actually, mm. and uh, some of the time we even could not resonate with the people from the rest of the world. I still remember like my buddy Tess Bishop. We are doing a, a podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so a very it kind of uh, because China had that first, and then mm-hmm. China controlled it, yeah, and then the rest of the world like went up, yeah, and he yeah. did an interview when America was on, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's very cautious. Oh, what's China like? What's that? So, oh, we have a past that. Why? What do you mean? I don't remember that already. Right? We don't remember. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we're going. To, we have a very different timing. Yeah. yeah. Because the curve went like this. Right. And you guys, you guys flattened it. Right, and also our border policy has changed a lot. Mm. Very restrictive. Right? right, very restrictive. Sometimes they don't welcome people from the west, uh, from mm-hmm. the outside. Some people they yeah. don't let people to go outside. So right. it changes all the time. Yeah. And also, I was in Beijing. Beijing, uh, we don't really actually we don't really that much influence until last year. Actually, mm. Beijing was hit hard since last May. Mm. Last May was that's where we really feel. Where, where it's over the uh, no not over like it hit hard oh hit hard yeah okay beijing got hit hard last may by covid yes oh wow that recent yes okay but all before that i mean like even two years mm. we're fine okay we don't really feel that interesting because it's different from city to city and because some city it's bordered being... off more like, right because it can't spread as easily mm-hmm. okay like after may because like we cancel a lot of shows like can you imagine like during the the, the first two years, we we don't really cancel that much shows. We're mm. still going. after like first a few months, people will be very cautious that for sure. Yeah, that no th- no shows are going on. And mm-hmm. after like a few months, and people say, "Oh, okay, yeah, we can do that." Yeah, because it's okay under control in some way. Under control, people yeah. are wearing masks right. and taking all the precautions. Right. Yeah, I remember when COVID first broke out. I would look at the case. Uh, the mm. COVID case count and mm-hmm. watch the stats and, and watch ours go up a lot. Mm-hmm. And then we saw China's go up. Uh-huh. And then 
all my friends thought China was lying about the numbers mm-hmm. because we thought like they would just not go up at all anymore mm-hmm. at all. It just right. stopped. Right. And we thought maybe the Chinese government wasn't reporting all of it. That's what we thought. Mm-hmm. Do you think they were accurate in the, they actually did. It sounds like, yeah, like yeah, they got a, it under control. Yeah. It's like one of my jokes. I've, I've, I like in Beijing, I feel like Olymp- uh, core, the pandemic is like Olympic games. It's like Olympic games where everyone is, at home watching it getting higher faster stronger yeah, yeah. it's like olympic games because america has always been leading and everyone believed china cheats <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what we thought yeah we were like yeah but i don't think you definitely no one really that much trusts the number yeah um but uh, we can we can we can feel that mm. we can feel that i think also shanghai was was hit hard shanghai was locked down yeah. for a while that was really driving the the, the, the people there are in, uh, crazy. That's what we saw. Mm-hmm. We would see news stories mm-hmm. in I, I don't I didn't know if it was Shanghai, but probably mm-hmm. where people were like not allowed to leave their residences, right? And they were like on their balconies and like mm-hmm. making gestures for like, like right. help, like right, right, help us, fury us, mm-hmm. and that was hard to see. Like we were like, yeah, we in, felt bad for. Like you know. in, in China, in the cities where the cases are really bad mm-hmm. and the things are kind of uh, uh, really go go out of control, mm-hmm. they do extremely restrict rules with that. Yeah. No matter what city it is. And Shanghai is, is the case. Right. right. And that make people believe that, oh, I, I can't I can't live in the system. Mm-hmm. So some people choose to, to, to go out of China, yeah. to leave China at that time. Yeah. Wow. And was it easy to, like, how hard is it to get out? Like, let's say you're locked up by the government or, like, you, you're restricted. Yeah, I mean, the government... Is it possible to leave? Like, how do you... You mean how to get out? Uh, yeah, you said some people decided to leave during that time. Like, how did they get out of the... Uh, I think that, that that situation pushed those people who might be able uh, to make choices. Oh, I and see. And then, they, oh, this is the time. I see. I got... I got so the people that I'm had fed resources yeah. and means to do yeah. it... Most people that did it would have yeah. to stay. Yeah, because before that, like people, just as I said, like people just enjoying this economic growth. Mm-hmm. People are, are very enjoying uh, their lives and their, yeah. their their career because it's going better day by day during the past, mm-hmm. like a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Like people do not expect this. Yeah. Very interesting. Which is just like, it's from a top to bottom system, mm. which means the boss yeah. like decides everything behind. Right. Uh, uh, lower than, than him mm-hmm. and then yeah. the boss you know it's a from bottom it's from top to bottom yeah. system yeah it's interesting in the United States because we have democracy but it's it's kind of getting to where the politicians all are kind of similar mm. from both major parties they, mm-hmm. they all are um, funded by big business mm-hmm. and they all kind of act and behave pretty similarly it's more of, I mean, that's just how, this is just my opinion, but mm. it seems that the issues that they talk about on TV and people get upset about don't have as much of an impact on day-to-day life as, you know, it it seems. It's more of like a theater for mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. to continue to watch. So the, the more provocative they can be mm-hmm. with these topics and say, this is life or death, it's not really... Like the actual policy that's affecting us is much more boring, you know, and, and um, laws are passed that are not, um, people don't really know what law, like the actual things that are getting. Um, so 
the I don't know. It's like how how much say do the people at the bottom up really have in how things are done? Mm. Not much. You know, we only have two parties, and we really just have, yeah, two guys that are pretty similar mm. that are running things. Um, so it's kind of interesting how. But to us, it's like levels of a different uh, problems of a different levels. Yeah, can you imagine like we cannot even talk about this. You can't even talk like about it in a public thing. platform in China. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's too like they're starting to censor things in America.、Mm. The big social medias are starting to censor、uh, language, but not even close to what it is in China.、Mm-hmm. Like, what would happen if we were trying to have the same conversation in China? You you just don't get your the whole content. You just、Wouldn't、don't get to be on. Okay.、Mm. So because yeah, this is an important thing to explain for people. So there's no. YouTube is there YouTube? No, no YouTube. No YouTube. No Google. No Facebook. No Twitter. No Instagram. Wow. But、Dude. we all have our equivalent equivalents.、Mm. The Chinese version of the of the, the YouTube the, and the yeah. Okay. That. So how are those censored? Like the what's the, on the Chinese equivalent? The company of, itself has a has a huge team of people. To to do lots of filter and also filter、uh, check check stuff. Okay, wow. Because they, if they don't do that, they're gonna lose their license. That's crazy.、Mm. It's it's interesting though too. Here, people in America start to complain about that because YouTube will have censors, or you know, Facebook or the tech、mm. companies. They'll start to hire. Send them、censors. to China. I know. Send them to China. Send the censors <laughs> to China. Yeah, I mean, yeah. send them. Those sent those who complain、oh, about、yeah. America to China. Ah,、uh, yeah, true. But、uh, the the people will say, "Well, it creeps and it gets worse." <laughs> but Americans are so sensitive; they'll be like, "Fuck you!" Like, we'll and we'll pop up with alternatives and、mm-hmm. things, and that、mm-hmm. won't be censored.、America、Or also, they may be happier. Maybe they're stuck in the bubble and say, "Oh, this is nice." <laughs> yeah, in China, people. Are yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I was saying. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. Is all this freedom really good? <laughs> We have too much freedom. I don't know. You see how much of a shit show it is over here. People can't even agree on what reality is because everybody. But I definitely appreciate the freedom here. You, you like the freedom? Yeah, but I mean, like for those who take things for granted, just send、yeah. them to China.、Mm, oh, yes,、mm. yes. For those who take them for granted, agreed. Yeah, but there's also some people that want less freedom here. You know, people that want more restrictions on things. And they'll find out. They'll, they'll find out that it goes. They don't.、Way. They have never known how much freedom they have already have. Yeah, yeah. It's just the same case with the Chinese people. Like I would say, in general, people don't know. They don't know things. Right, right. <laughs> wow, freedom. Yeah, freedom, freedom, man. It's interesting. Uh. I、uh, I forgot what I was gonna ask.、Um, yeah, I、um, where would you rather live? Would you rather live in the in 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 China or the United States? Like, how long would you want to be here? I want to be here forever. Forever? <laughs> would you? Would you? You like it a lot? Legally, I mean, legally, legally. Oh yeah, how long can you stay? Uh, for this trip, six months、uh, maximum. Yeah, I'm on a business trip. Okay,、mm. six months maximum. Okay, well, we'll have to we'll have to hang out more than the、yeah. time you're here. You're here for another <laughs> few months. Yeah.、Um, yeah. Well, I guess the thing I was 
kind of just wondering in my head is like um, the instability of the future when it comes to our democracy. Because mm. it feels very hard. It feels very unstable. Um, because 20 years ago, um, in the 90s, there were only like four news stations. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me of what you were describing in China, how there's state-controlled media, mm -hmm. so people are only watching a few things. Mm -hmm. um, so that helped with stability because everybody trusted that what was right. going on in the news was Tom Brokaw or mm -hmm. the, the main... And a lot of people watched the same things and people were happy and there was shared values and... Right. and, and you know, common sense was mm. common because like everybody right. thought the same right. way <laughs> yeah. or more or less there was variations, but people mm. were in, in nationalism, which is, has a very bad connotation these days. But like, you know, there was more um, consensus on what reality was and who America is and everything. Um, and, uh, and also in entertainment, it was kind of fun. I actually liked this part of the nineties. Mm -hmm. It was like, there were fewer movies. Mm. So the comedy movies that were really good, everybody saw them. Mm -hmm. Everybody saw the comedy movies and everybody saw the same, you know, um, like when Titanic came out, everybody saw Titanic. Mm -hmm. Like, and it was like people could share in that and like everybody would enjoy that together. And people would also, as families, they would watch TV at the mm -hmm. same time. I remember when I was little, like we would all watch um, TV shows mm. at the same time. And there was something very positive about that. So, like, I wonder about, like, where we're at today with a modern economy, social media, all this freedom, and we have a billion opinions and a billion different media outlets. Is that a good thing? I think it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I do think it's a good thing. But it's not very stable, you know? So, I'm just talking. Well, I, I, I don't know how you feel about uh, that. Yeah, I'm, it's definitely... Like um, people, you like. I think you look at the has, look back the history, like the author uh, in the day. Like people, only a few people can read and write, mm. and yes. is, I mean, this their priority or is there? I don't know the the. I don't know how to put that in English. They can read books. Yeah, it's just uh, only because they their books sell well, mm -hmm. not only because they have a better writing skills and uh, good thoughts. Mm -hmm. But it's just only a limited number of people can, can, do, can it. do it. Yes. But now I think it gives it more freedom to, to the general. Definitely mm -hmm. 90 more percent of the stuff are trashy. Yes. But, yes. but it means like, like professionals do not feel comfortable with like other people rushing in and to do whatever mm -hmm. they would like very easily. Yeah. And also with a with a with a video making, yeah. we can do it just by our doing our phone, mm -hmm. and and look at what we are doing. Yeah, yeah. We can just do it in the we home. Could just do a show. Like twenty years yeah. ago, thirty years ago, can you imagine? Like you cannot even afford any of the Equipment. the gadget, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like in general, I think it's good for for, sure. for creation. Creation. Yeah. But I definitely those professionals happy to be really really outstanding and really really tough, mm -hmm. and also. You have always to be get, go up, catch up with the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There'll be yeah. yeah that's I think is a more market economy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's the only option for like, to me. Uh, there's no stopping the no. direction we're on. It's we're we're going on a direction of mm. more people having easy access to be able to 
mm. create and a lot of options to choose from. It won't be definitely an easy world since everybody has got 15 minutes of being famous. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. They always have to compete. Like, even though you are doing really, really good, like the audience will get bored with what you are doing. The audience will get bored. Yeah, they switch for some. Yeah. But that's the time we live in, mm-hmm. right? We have no other choice. Yeah, yeah. Like, can you imagine, like, uh, I, you may not be realize this very much. I felt it, like, eight years ago while I was here, I feel like the, all the good comic clubs play the TV credit very much. Mm. Everybody has a TV credit. Yes. And even, like, comedians are saying to each other, oh, uh, you want to get booked by this comedy club, and yeah. you're going to go do a TV thing first, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But right now, I already see a lot of them are doing promotions, like, oh, uh, this comedian has a following of what... What kind of following on Instagram? Uh, can, what a following the on TikTok? Fifty thousand, yeah. thousand. He's this is. And also, you can sell the tickets back yeah. then. You because the TV credit leads to mm-hmm. your 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 fan base. Yeah. And now you can build your own. Yeah. On your own platform. Yes. And this is your asset. Right. Like right. back then, it's not your asset. Yeah. Right. That's a great point. I've heard the comedy seller still requires a TV credit to mm. perform there, but um, but yeah, as far as I know, the others. Maybe not, um, but this is the challenge we we'll have to face. But like, yeah. like but it's still a tough, there's a comedian to like attention. with a maybe like two million followers, but it's have no TV credit, mm-hmm. and their fans don't just show up to watch whatever he does. Yeah, but, he can but, be bad at comedy. Well, yeah, but but we cannot stop them. We, right, they, they they do what they do. Right, they do. What there's they... a reason that there's a following at least. Right, yeah. I, I can't be judgmental, but I sometimes yeah, that's it's just a good point. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, sometimes I'll be a hater and I'll say, "Oh, it's just a TikTok person," mm-hmm. and their stand-up might not. It's be same good. with China. Same with China. Exactly the same with China. And also, like people doing like crowd work and uh-huh. cut out pieces and put it on YouTube. They're, do- uh, they're doing crowd work. Exactly in the China? same. Crowd work. Real. Exactly the same. That's what I'm saying that we were doing earlier. Yeah. And yeah. also at that time, like they enjoy the the the. The, the timing thing with the platform, with the rise of platform, because they're going to recommend this uh, to to the new followers, to the new mm. customers, users okay. of the app. Okay. But but at the early time, the, there's no such if sufficient content of this category. Mm-hmm. So people, the first do that, really enjoy the the benefit. The benefit to be an early adopter right, of the a new adopt- platform. Right. Yeah. It's not because it's doing good. good. Right. And, and also most of the cases, uh, he, he was not good enough. Yeah. And they could try other ways to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Like people are really good at offlines because they, they, they spend years of crafting their own jokes and mm-hmm. really strong, solid. But that's, we're talking about different models. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, yeah. It's the same. Do you like social media? I'm not good, really good at it. Mm. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And also, um, like China, US, and also video, it's all different. Mm-hmm. They're all different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I, it's a love hate with social media mm. for me. I, I don't, I don't like promoting my own things as much, but you have to, you know, to, you, uh, you've been doing it. You've been I, doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't started yet. I'm still the late night guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know that I have a late night show in China. You do? Yeah. Okay. I used to have a late night show, That's but amazing. I'm a, I'm a co-host. I'm a co-host Andy Richter. Yeah. You're, you're co-host with Andy Richter? No, I'm I'm the co-host. You are the Andy Richter. Yeah, I'm the, the, Andy, the, the, the late night show. I was, was going to say you have a show with Andy Richter. Yeah. That's amazing. So I'm still living that period of time, but I I, mm-hmm. I have to admit that that time is 
more and more being weakened, being challenged yeah. by the social media things. Right. The, yeah. The same with America. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Colbert show is not nearly as big as the Letterman show before. Mm-hmm. David Letterman was right. enormous. Millions and millions of people every night. Colbert, I don't know. It does okay, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. Jimmy Fallon. But show. I'm still a late night fan. I, mm-hmm. I even went to some of the tapings. Yeah. Yeah. You went to the tapings here in New York? Yeah. Yeah. Which shows did you go to? Uh, Colbert. Uh, Daily Show. Yeah. Larry Wilmore at that time. I, I'm talking about eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah, because right now they're all on yeah. strike. They're all suspended. What was it like? Was it different in person? Yeah, because that's very helpful. Like when, um, for 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 later when I did the late night show. Yeah. Because we taped it the same way with America. What was your What were your takeaways of how late night is? Yeah, filmed? I mean the take it in the way of being live because in China we don't do a lot of tape it in a live method. Okay. Which means we 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 kind of like it's recorded, but they they treat it right. as live. Like they're gonna go right. They're not gonna stop and and cut mm-hmm. and go back mm-hmm. and redo anything. Like the traditional TV making in China is more like fake. Yeah. Oh, they're gonna record. Oh, claps! They let the audience claps. Yeah, laugh. Yeah. And there's a warming up guy, which is not usually the comedian actually. Yeah, a live director. And yeah. say, oh, we do something. Claps. Yeah. But when when you combine when you put all those shots together, you don't feel real really live and connected. Mm, yeah, because it's forced. It's fake. yeah, it's false. It's fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they do have late night warm up guys here in the right. states. They yes. still do. They, yes. Um, there's a show on HBO called Crashing with mm-hmm. Pete Holmes. Have you seen that show? No. No? Okay. Yeah. Um, he gets a gig as the warm-up guy, and he thinks it's very good because it's like a TV credit, but he's not on TV. Oh, he oh I think I, I saw that. Yeah? It's it's it, it's of several seasons, right? There's several seasons, yeah. Oh, we, call, we, we all consider that to be the male version of a Mrs. Maisel? Yeah, exactly. Right? That's right? the show. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would like to rewatch yeah. it. I saw it once. And, yeah. Uh, I watched some episodes of that show. Yeah, yeah, he's a funny mm-hmm. white guy. Um, but yeah, so late night. So you you are on. Do you you're still doing the late night show? No, our show got banned. Got, got censored banned? in China. Oh, what right. did it get, do you? Why did it get censored? Was there? Yeah, just one of the jokes that caused the show in the what trouble. What joke caused it to get censored? Um, it's related to politics. Religious politics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really, and also some of the Western media, some of the media in America, uh, covered. Uh, our show for that joke and then we were found by the censorship do you remember the joke or are you not allowed to say it no I'd like to (laughs) (laughs) I think already politically being in trouble by what we have said no joke no joke you might be in trouble for what we talked about today Mm, some of that oh no right do you want me to edit it (laughs) let's see I'd (laughs) (laughs) We'll figure it out. I'm sorry. I, uh, yeah, I don't want to get people in trouble on here. Um, but I'm so curious. I love China. Mm-hmm. I told you I want to go. My little sister's adopted from China. Crazy. You should. I mean, that's a very, very good cultural experience. Yeah. And you all got a different conclusion uh, with a different with, with if you uh, how can I put it? You you'll have a conclusion, a different conclusion of what China is like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Depending on how long you stayed in in China, okay, uh huh, okay. and your conclusion always always contradicts with each other mm. because it's so much to be experienced. found, experienced. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I see. So, if you were giving advice to an American who would mm. like to take a visit to China, mm. 
what would you recommend they do? Uh, um, where to go or to get a um, a rich Chinese experience, like a, uh, of the culture. Like, where would they go? Like, what city? You, maybe you, to visit? you obviously going to go to Beijing and Beijing, Shanghai Beijing for and sure, okay. because that's the like the two biggest major cities in in China, as compared to New York and L.A. Mm. Um, but it's very different cities. I mean, Shanghai is very westernized. Okay. It's like New York City. Okay. And well, Beijing is very Chinese. Okay. Uh-huh. So I probably lean Beijing then mm-hmm. on this one if you want to experience a different right true and also Chinese culture. Uh, it's just like people actually have a different uh, habits and also food in different yeah. with the different parts very mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. and also climate like thinking about like it's almost the size of America but more how could I put it like um, yeah. Mm, Xi'an and also Canton. It's all different. Like Dongbei. What is that? It's, it's, I'm talking about different provinces of, of China. All the different provinces. Um, okay. It's very from different from one to another. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Beijing. Beijing, Shanghai. And your your comedy club is where in Shanghai? Uh, Beijing. You're in Beijing. I'm from Beijing. Okay. So mm-hmm. if you plan a visit to Beijing, mm-hmm. you got to go to your comedy club. If it's still going on. If it's still going on after this. <laughs> People show up, it's like abandoned and people are like abducted by the government. Oh crap, I'm sorry. Dude, yeah. Okay. What else what else to do in Beijing? What would you do if you only had like a week to spend in Beijing and a you're week. and you're a tourist? Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna go to the uh Forbidden City for sure. Forbidden the, City, what's yeah, that? The Tiananmen Square. Tiananmen Square. That was used uh, the emperor used to work and live. It was massive, mm. beyond your imagine, massive as beyond your imaginationally massive. Yeah, yeah. And what is it? It's a palace, or it's a yeah. It's a palace. It's it's a whole. Oh, I I don't know how to put it because um, I should learn that more um, before <laughs> I'm sorry, I came. I'm asking you to be a tour guide <laughs> for a second. Yeah. It took you uh, hours like, to explore, walk, like wow. through that big place. Mm-hmm. That's the very heart of Beijing. That's the okay. symbol of a power. Symbol of power. Yeah, uh, okay. for the past like uh, hundreds of years. Okay. Uh-huh. And also, you're gonna uh, definitely go to the Great Wall. Mm. Uh, we'll call the one of the the the, the eighth, maybe the eighth, eighth or the ninth wonder, wonder of the world. Yeah, of the world. Yeah. Or something that you can see from the Earth. Yeah. Uh, from from the. From a satellite uh, from space. Yeah, from a, from yeah. The outer space. Yeah. Uh huh. And uh, what else? Uh, and also, I think you're gonna you're gonna go to eat some of the Beijing's food. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Because because uh, it's not the up. same as American Chinese food. No. Right? No. It's no fucking Panda Express stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no Panda Express in Beijing. <laughs> That's good. But but I think we've already have uh, some really authentic Chinese food here in the uh, here in, in the New York city. city. Yeah. yeah. Is there a Chinese place in Astoria that you that you found? I haven't found else anything in Astoria. Uh, Flushing Death for sure. Okay. Manhattan, there are a few, okay. a lot. I mean, yeah, not only a few. Yeah, mm-hmm. I need to do more of that. I yeah. haven't branched out and really mm-hmm. intentionally sought out authentic Chinese food. Mm-hmm. I need to do that. You can never get bored with the food in China. Yeah, you're gonna love that if you're a foodie. What's the weirdest food, or most un-American food? Mm. Is there any like crazy like 
unusual for American, like a- animal to eat or anything. Frogs? Frogs? Do frogs eat frogs? Well, yeah. I think they might yeah. have frogs here in New York, but I've never eaten yeah. a frog. Frogs. Dog. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, but you Is know that what? True? But, that but true? But that's only very few places in yeah. China. But in yeah. general, they don't eat dogs. Okay, yeah, people always say that, but I was like, that's mm. not, that can't be real. People well, also, like Korean people eat dogs. <laughs> Korean people? Because the, the, the Han, the Korean race, in China, we also have a Korean race. Okay. That part of, like, in that part, uh, people eat, eat dogs. Oh my gosh. Uh, and also in a, dude, in a Guangxi province. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. But I mean, like, I think it's a cultural thing as well. Mm-hmm. Like, here, I cannot imagine, like, people eat squirrels. Yeah. That's yeah. shocking to us. Really? Right. I mean, what I'm saying is it's equal what? shock. So are squirrels Compared pets? like to Chinese people eating, you think right, like... Right, I know, but why is top. it shocking? Is, are squirrels... Do people take squirrels as pets in China? No, because we've never seen squirrels. you never okay. seen squirrels? Uh, very few. Okay. Because yeah, we're... we're I don't think we're, we're protecting the, the nature very well. Yeah, there's fewer because trees. That, we, and... we cost the environmental yeah. protection... Mm. To the economic development, that's what we're bad at. Okay, uh-huh. so it's shocking because when yeah, you see sh- squirrels, it looks right. Because I, you know what, like I was in Beijing and watching at that time, I have a satellite TV set up mm-hmm. my own, mm-hmm. Pers- uh, suspiciously illegal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was watching like Food Channel. I uh-huh. think it was a food channel or a travel channel. Uh-huh. I thought there was a program and I was going to a little, little town. And there was a competition of how you cook squirrels. I was shocked. <laughs> So what? <laughs> what? Is it because you? We all consider this a very cute. I think very, how, cute, very cute. Right, very cute. I don't yeah. exactly the same. You think you're dog? Yeah, that's why people don't. Yeah, they don't like eating them because they're cute and they they think they have little right. So I, so I'm saying that oh like it's actually a cultural thing or it's the same like, yeah. the same like why why do you, why do you can't accept that to eat dog while you are eating squirrels? Yeah. Because we take dogs as pets and we right right yeah lives. we take squirrels as as, as a, something really smart and and, <laughs> and yeah. lovely yeah we're just cutting squirrels heads off and we'd even go. think if we keep a squirrel as a pet it's even not not a fair not yeah. fair to to, 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 to the them right yeah you don't even, we'd even you, we'd even rank that a, higher than you dogs. have a high opinion of a squirrel right <laughs> why is that. <laughs> Oh, oh we also have pigeons. Pigeons. Do you have pigeons here? Yeah, plenty of pigeons. Oh, Do you see them? No, I mean, I mean, I mean, we eat pigeons. You eat pigeons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think so. We think pigeons are especially in Guangdong Province, Canton Province. They Guangdong? Have a, Guangdong. They have a famous d- dish. Yeah, in Guangdong. Yeah, that's where my sister's from. Yeah. Yeah. Guangdong. They Guangdong, have Guangdong, China. So they, they eat pigeons. In they Guangdong. they generally love eat a uh, chicken animal. Mm. A lot in I Canton. See. I mean, I wouldn't have any issue eating a pigeon. I think pigeons mm. are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. I don't have a problem eating birds. Mm-hmm. You know? They don't, oh, okay. They don't seem that smart. You know? <laughs> okay. You ever look at a bird? Like, they're like, they look like, I don't know, they got little scaly feet and dead eyes. And like, <laughs> like, I would much rather, like, ant mammals? I'd have a hard time uh-huh. eating a cow. I feel uh-huh. like you pet a pet a cow and and like see like oh it's a there's there's a a spirit behind the I don't know dogs too I'm like oh a little dog oh we're Probably also we're also our our cuisine are also heavy on like those organs of animals Ooh. where I don't think you eat no we don't like kidneys do that. like yeah, uh, like stomachs and liver and all mm. kinds of that things 
They do eat liver. Remember, my mm-hmm. dad would always talk about liver. His mom would serve him liver, and they didn't like it. But it was supposed mm-hmm. to be really healthy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do you enjoy eating the organs of animals? Uh, some of them. Some of them? Some of them. Yeah? Uh, like what? Uh, Like sometimes we do the uh, sheep's liver. I mean oh. the Xinjiang barbecue. They sometimes do the sheep liver. Okay. Uh, that's really good. It's good? Yeah. Mm. And those... You know what I? I just we just take it as a for granted, as I said. So mm. we don't realize that how different it is from yes. some others stuff. But squirrel meat, I've never tried. Squirrel meat, I'll never try. Never try squirrel meat. I will never. It probably is good. No, I just not ca- cannot accept it. <laughs> like that's my guilty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> get you a little squirrel. He's so cute. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, we've gone like an hour and wow, we've gone long, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I like to ask comics about uh, comedy advice. Yeah. Like what? what's the best piece of comedy advice you've ever received? About- uh, best comedy advice mm-hmm. received? Yeah. Oh. Best comedy. Just go on stage. Just go on stage. Yeah, because I, um, you may not understand this. Like if for people from China, mm-hmm. um, the context is very different. Yes. They just think that they can work by themselves at home. Ah. And and then even, even in the early days while I was doing the English open miking mm-hmm. in twenty twelve or twenty thirteen, there were still some of the Chinese guys. They think they're gonna. They're gonna focus on the script for months, yeah. and then start to do the theater show. Mm. That's always the wrong way. They don't just don't know. They have to do it on open mic. Let's test your materials. Yeah, and also it also has a lot to do not only with your script, but also has a lot to do with how you present it, mm-hmm. and also develop your material and persona. Yeah. So much other things combined yeah. as a form of art. I mean, you can imagine that. Like, there's a, even a group of Chinese people doing Chinese stand up basically in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even even then, ask me. If, they ask ask for my script when they invite me to to perform. So just mm. the context is very different. People yeah. believe in script, and also they believe that they can work out the script by their own. Mm. That's and then have that's it, the context in China. And have it go well. Yeah, yeah. You have Which to explore yourself. You do. To, yeah. Right. There's like a perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Like you want it to be perfect before you get ready to show it to anyone. Is that kind of the right? That's the, the wrong idea. That's right. mm. yeah. And you you begin to self censor yourself a lot by mm. doing that and making assumptions like what people like, what no. You just figure it out. You don't you have to understand that. Yeah, you don't have to be perfect. Part right. of yeah, part of it is bombing and mm-hmm. figuring out what doesn't. Also, work. I always compare like that to like how you learn swim. Mm. You don't learn swim by like memorizing all those rules from books no you just go into the swimming pool right yeah yeah you, you, you do you you get it better by doing it yeah and also like yeah. the, the, the like some of the textbooks might be helpful while you were doing the practicing yeah but you can't be good right as a swimmer without mm-hmm. getting into the pool yeah yeah and so that's that's very good advice. that's something that's that, a good metaphor mm, you uh yeah you don't learn to swim by studying a textbook you learn mm. to swim by getting in the pool Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, that's good advice. And I learned about the censorship by being banned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. Let's hope not. Well, Jody, 
This has been awesome. Thanks so much yeah, for coming, th- man. Thank I, you. I had yeah. a great time talking to you. Before yeah. we go, did you want to shout out your social medias for anybody who wants to keep up with your comedy? Oh, yeah. And, sure. Um, if they're you know living in the States or ever, you know. Yeah. Um, if you love David and love me, uh, please all follow my account. <laughs> 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 it's called Tony Cho Comedy at Instagram. Uh, you know what? I'm just using it uh, now in America. Um um, I, I'm, I'm just making like uh, Instagram is not banned in China it, I think they just want to stop me from being funny internationally <laughs> follow <Okay>. me <laughs> follow yeah and uh, I'll put all your links in the description below so if you go down um, you can follow all the Tony stuff there so check mm. him out awesome guy yeah yeah thank thanks you so much for doing this on short notice and uh, yeah man check Tony yeah out. thank you alright thanks for watching next time Ain't got no more bones to run. Once that day was done, ain't got no more bones to run. Once that day was done, ain't got no more bones to run.